great is your faithfulness. Good morning, good morning. It is me, Tasha Brandon, founder and CEO of Naturally Smitten. I have missed y'all. I really have. Uh, I've neglected to provide content and podcasts for you guys, so I am super, super, super sorry. Um, just a little update on where I've been. Uh, I went on a um, missions trip to Mexico at the end, uh, mid-summer, mid to end of the summer, um, with the youth ministry at my church, and just being there for that uh, little window of time really gave me a different perspective and a different outlook on life. So if you haven't noticed, I have taken a hiatus from social media and I don't know <laughs> if or when I'm going to come back. Uh, I it, It's bittersweet. I miss it. But at the same time, I don't because it's really been a, a time in my personal walk, my personal growth and development with God. Um, and he's really been doing some things for me in my life, in my mind, and in my heart. Sometimes when you have uh, social media to be kind of like that uh, factor of distraction, uh, there are certain things that you don't really pay attention to or give the time um, that they need. Uh, as far as allowing God to do things in you, you working on things, or you being disciplined about other areas of your life. So in a nutshell, my Instagram is deleted um, but the wonderful thing is if I decide to get back on anytime soon, I can just go ahead and reopen that account and everything, all the pictures, all the inspirational posts will be right back up and running. So I've been kind of contemplating that in my mind um, and when I want to get back. Uh, I guess kind of like the issue I was having just really being in Mexico and maybe I'll do a vlog about it. I don't know. Um... It's just, it, it changed my outlook and the way I, I view things because a lot of the things that go along with short-term missions, um, you kind of go there, you do the work, you pour out, people pour into you, and then you leave a piece of your heart there. Um, and it just really showed me um, the world from a different set of lenses. And it challenged me to analyze, uh, at least for my own personal you know, uses of social media and why I'm even doing this. Why am I on here? Um, and I didn't want to um, be online, you know, taking away from the things in my life that need the time and attention. Um, and I did not want to be online if I did not feel like I had a good, valid reason. If I wasn't impacting lives, if I'm not helping to encourage people, then I just don't want to put forth the effort into investing time into it. So um, in a nutshell, that is kind of why I have stayed away from Instagram. And if I've used Facebook, it has just been, you know, for information sharing, article sharing, uh, what have you. So today I wanted to come and talk about a topic. I actually wrote out the notes from this podcast several days ago, and I just have not had the time to do it. On another note, we are moving. My family and I are moving, so anyone that has moved anywhere before, you understand the stress that comes with having to pack up your entire life and move it somewhere else. 
um, which is it's a good thing at the same time, but another time and then another same breath, it's kind of stressful because we've got boxes and bags everywhere and it's like some stuff like the kitchen do we pack these pots do we put away the forks do we still need them what are we doing here so that's kind of where we are and hence why I'm doing a podcast and not a video because I have to take all of my wonderful wallpaper down in my office I'm heartbroken but excited at the same time because that means you know girls once you you get to move and you got to take stuff down or throw stuff away that just means you are opening up space for new new so it's time to get some new stuff and I'm excited about that so enough about me let's talk today about business and entrepreneurship today's podcast is going to be titled things you never knew about freelancing or being your own boss more so freelancing, but kind of when you're freelancing, you sort of are your own boss. But I don't want to get this confused with the last uh, video that I did, last vlog, about things I wish I had known before I become an entrepreneur. This is more so geared at freelancing, okay? So I have been freelancing off and on since 2004. And in that time, I've learned a lot, made a lot of really, really, really goofy mistakes. Um, made a lot of great connections and again I've learned a lot and I think uh, freelancing is romanticized uh, by social media and being online where all you see are the really cutesy pictures which I'll probably use one for this <laughs> for this podcast just to be petty <laughs> but uh, you see a lot of cutesy pictures of you know perfectly curated um, and and staged desks with you know the white uh, laminate desks or vinyl with the MacBook uh, iMac screens and succulents and gold scissors and staplers and you know you got your coffee and everything there maybe a watch and you know just some other an iPhone or something like girl my desk does not look like that my desk like well right now it's in this I'm doing a DIY with it but um, when my desk is what it is there is everything from like lotion to like cookie crumbs couple receipts sometimes my desk is like uninhabitable like you can't even you know use it for anything because there's so much other junk on there um that I have to work from my kitchen table so the reality is I mean if your desk looks like that more power to you mine does not um so I just wanted to bring some truth I just want to share truth with you because I did not have that going into um, freelancing consulting and entrepreneurship so I want to be a resource to help you okay so the first thing I wanted to talk about on this list number one uh, the list item says on my list as my phone just went keeps going into screensaver mode that's super annoying uh, number one uh, whatever habits you have uh, while working for someone else you will have those exact same habits times 10 when working for yourself so for me for example I was like you know doctor procrastination uh, you know uh, I would had a PhD in uh, lack of organization and that really was magnified um, becoming my own boss because procrastination you're met with not just a deadline when with uh, when this project should be finished but the deadline of all the other ancillary deadlines that come along with trying to make one project happen so for example if I'm building a website okay so the website might be due January 1st but all the other variables that go along with that as far as having copy from the client whether you're writing copy finding images uh, whether you're creating the, the, the branding elements um, additional elements that you have to create to kind of uh, build around the website 
um, testing it, troubleshooting it, um, if you have to implement shopping cart, getting products, product descriptions, uh, setting up the payment gateway, uh, hosting, domain, all of those things, it's almost like you have to have a, a deadline for each. Like, okay, we got to get the domain name and the hosting plan by this date so that we can, whether you're using a, you know, a, a quick WordPress install, whether you're building it from scratch, so that you can begin to work backwards. Even before that, you got to sit down with the client. You have to actually get the client's needs and understand uh, what they want on their website, home about, contact, portfolio, services offered, shopping cart, lookbook, or what have you. And you have to design out each page. You have to decide uh, what the header is going to look like, what the menu is going to look like. There's going to be a sidebar, footer, um, the container or content section. Um, you have to kind of draw all of those out uh, to create like an image map so that when I as a designer will go into Photoshop that I know, okay, I need to create a template for the home screen. Okay, I need to create a template for the contact, for the shopping page. I need to create a template that's a full page template. I need to create a template that has a, a sidebar. And then you got to slice all that up, take it into Dreamweaver or whatever WYSIWYG editor you have or whether it's Notepad or whatever you code with. Um, and then you have to work backwards as far as taking what you created in Photoshop and making it interactive. Um, whether you're going to create email templates, there's just so many things. So just for one product, one product, just for one project, you can have upwards of like 25 deadlines, and that's not that's not exaggerating. So if you struggle with procrastination in meeting one one deadline, imagine to your shock and horror when you have to meet 25 deadlines. It could be uh, detrimental to a project and a lot of the um, clients that I worked with um, in freelancing, they were referred to me. So I had this cute, cute, cute portfolio and I would get traffic through my portfolio of people that would send inquiries. However, the majority of my clients came from referrals. So if you don't do well within the client, like if you don't, if you're not great at building relationships, follow through with relationships, communication, um, informing your client, then those things are going to be detrimental to your business. So with your boss, if you're late for work, you're going to be late with your clients and, and you're going to be late for meetings. Um, if you are not thorough and checking and you just kind of rush through things and you don't make sure that everything and every detail is accounted for and looked over, then when you are working for your client, you're going to have those same habits times 10. And why is it times 10? Because you don't have a boss or somebody else that you can go to and answer for. Like you are the boss. So you are the company. You can, when you work for someone else, if you make a mistake, there's typically things and parameters um, and layers set in place to where your mistake typically doesn't crash and crush an entire company. When you are your own boss and your own freelancing or doing your own freelancing, one mistake can kill the entire business because you don't have a team of people. You don't have a buffer created around you. You are your salesman. You are your technical support. You are your you are your, the HR. Um, you are everything. Um, so you have to make sure that you are very self-aware of the good and the bad and the ugly habits that you have so that you can begin to work on those. So I would even encourage you to... Um, Invite somebody in and be accountable. Like, let them know, like, this is what I'm trying to do. These are some things I'm not good at. And when I say by invite somebody in to be accountable, not like fake accountable, like, yeah, you know, I just, I just need help to be a better person. Like, no, you have to be honest with yourself and be honest and transparent with others so that they can effectively help you. If you tell people, like, look, man, I'm late to everything because I stink at time management. That's being excellent. That's transparent. Um, and not make excuses for your behavior because that doesn't help the other person that's 
trying to keep you accountable. It, what it does is it creates like distance between you and that person that's trying to help you to grow and develop yourself as an entrepreneur, um, as a freelancer, as a consultant to be better and to do better. So remember, whatever habits you have while working for someone else, you will have those same habits times 10 when working for yourself. So it is very evident that you, um, you know, write down the areas you need to grow in, pay attention to the areas that your boss is talking to you about now, or the areas that you see are affecting your um, daily work performance now, um, because it will absolutely affect you in entrepreneurship. Like if you're lazy now, <laughs> I know I struggle with that. If you're lazy now working for somebody else, you'll absolutely be lazy uh, working for yourself and you won't, you'll lack the motivation that's needed when you go through times of your business where business is slow, you kind of are thinking maybe I don't want to do this anymore. You definitely are going to need that drive, that motivation. You're going to have to be self-driven because whereas your boss now can sit you down and do a review and tell you the areas, okay, we're giving you a three in this area. We want to see you improve. You don't have anybody doing that for you when you work for yourself. So you have to definitely take that extra step to um, continue to develop your character and your habits as a entrepreneur. Number two, whatever you made as an employee, you will need to make that plus about 25% more when working for yourself. Here's why, girl. Here's why. Because when you are working for your employee, you know, whether you're making $25 an hour, $15 an hour, $45 an hour, $10 an hour, what have you, maybe you're on salary. There's so many things that are factored into that. As employers, um, unless you are a contractor, um, you get insurance, you get benefits. So think about it. If you make $30,000 a year, $40,000 a year, right? You're paying every two weeks or every month for medical, dental, and vision insurance. In addition to that, there are certain things that you get as a full-time employee, like vacation, hello, sick time, all of those things that if you have to take the day off, that it's not affecting your rate of pay. It's not affecting your paycheck. You still get a full paycheck uh, bi-monthly, uh, every month, or what have you, however, whatever your pay frequency is, um, because you have benefits that come along with your um, job position. Baby girl, honey child, you don't get that as a freelancer. Absolutely not at all. I don't care how much you're charging for consultations, branding, um, planning events, uh, editing, designing, whatever you do, um, you know, you charge your client. But as far as if you have to take a sick day, that's just the L you have to take. You don't get time for that. If you are used to having the convenience of medical and dental, like when you have um, to go for your annual or if you have to go, you know, because you get sick or what have you, and you go in and you know how we complain, like, oh my gosh, my insurance is trash, you know, I've got pay this much every two weeks, I got to go in and pay this copay, at least you have insurance because as a freelancer, you don't have insurance. And if you've ever looked up uh, insurance for people that are self-employed, honey child, it is very expensive, like almost so expensive that you would just be working to pay for insurance if you can even afford to break even because it's very expensive. Um, and particularly today with um, apps and things such as Over and, and PicMonkey and and things like Wix, where a lot of us as creatives, um, our field is being kind of taken over by a lot of these one-click installation, these drag-and-drop features where 
um, people don't necessarily have the level of reverence and respect for what we do as creatives or as programmers or developers because everything now is so one click. So you have people that are not designers, not developers, um, that don't know how to uh, do those things. Now, you know, it's at their fingertips where they've been empowered. And I think it's a great thing, you know, to be empowered to do things on your own, especially if you can't afford it. But at the same time, like what that does, it makes us as developers and designers, it makes us it's harder for us um, and more challenging for us to go out and grind and hustle and um, get clients because most people can go to Fiverr and get a logo for five bucks versus paying somebody three or four hundred dollars for an actual branding package where you have a custom logo created and you've got the branding elements you got the brand specification sheets and everything else that go along with it and you have someone that's helping you to uh, curate your um, brand is a you know brand positioning strategy uh, to help you develop your um, customers, your language, your story, and all those other things that are crucial to your brand success. A lot of that has been diminished by social media, um, you know, bloggers, tutorials, because um, the the we're in an age of empowerment where people want to be empowered to do things on their own, which I think is a beautiful thing. So I'm not saying that in a negative factor, but what I am saying is that it does make you know, finding work as a freelancer even more challenging because now you've got a sea of experts versus, you know, the people that actually have worked and taken the time to do all of the things, not the shortcut way, to do them thoroughly. So it makes it more challenging to bring in um, enough money to make ends meet. Even as a photographer, everybody got a camera now. Everybody's cell phone takes crisp and beautiful quality photos that you can basically edit from your phone. You can use apps to make the background wider, you can you know mess with the brightness and contrast and in one or two clicks from your phone you can do what it takes me seven or eight steps in Photoshop to do. Um, so it makes it more challenging when you're trying to sell yourself and your services to a potential client. Um, you would almost have to look for an audience of people that are not tech savvy with your with their phone they just want it done and they don't want to have to do it at all now there's a sea of people out there there's a pool of people out there that fit that category and that criteria that does make it more challenging for you so whatever you made as an employee you'll definitely have to make that plus about 25 percent because you want to be able to have the luxury and conveniences of everything that you had when you were working for somebody else you want to be able to break bread you just want to be able to make ends meet you want to be able to afford insurance if your kids are sick if you're sick um, I've had a great deal of my freelance life where I have not had insurance and honey let me tell you um, I would trade uh, insurance for <laughs> for like just about anything because it's you know it's it's expensive but it's it's an absolute necessity so just that was just an extra nugget if you are looking to freelance just understand the world um, in which you are stepping into there's work out there but it is tough to find because this is the age of the creative and this is the age of empowerment. So there's a lot of people out there that are empowering and creating and trying to do what you are doing. So the competition is fierce and you just need to be prepared and understand that it may be um, a lot challenging for you to build up your initial client base to be able to make ends meet. So moving on to number three. You should have saved about six months worth of living expenses to cover famine or slow pay months. My God, can I like bold that, underline it, increase the point size, decrease the letting, and make that text like red. Uh, 
one thing that I have really had a hard time doing is being an entrepreneur, it makes you, you have to become assertive. Like the days of being meek and coy, like I have that element of my personality and trust and believe when I can be meek and coy and just not have to be assertive or aggressive, I pick that first because that's more of my personality style. But as an entrepreneur, you're swimming with sharks and everybody is about getting their money and everybody is about making money. So when you are working as a freelance, there will be some months where you won't have any clients. There'll be some times where your clients won't pay you. There'll be some times where you budgeted, okay, this project will be complete by this date and the client drags it out. So the money that you are anticipating for that month, you won't get to the next month or the month after that. Then there's always that net 30, net 30, <laughs> what in the world, net 30 or net 60 terms situation where once you invoice a client that it takes them 30 to 60 days to pay back based on whatever your payment um, structure is that you decide. So it's important that you have that famine um money sitting in the bank in the event that you have to pull on it now we always want to put it back in there we don't want to just continue to draft it out um just to help you when i and this is me being very transparent when i left my corporate job i left my corporate job with eleven thousand dollars saved up and um when i uh, started working as a freelancer and when i started now this is several years ago so don't come to me thinking i got eleven thousand dollars just saved up now because it, it, it doesn't <laughs> look or sound like that but i was just saying that to say that um, when I um, had months where clients were not paying, because I still have outstanding invoices for the last seven years from clients that just fell off the face of the earth and decided they weren't going to pay me. Um, I had to pull on that money to be able to pay my mortgage, pay, um, you know, um, I don't know, water, electric, put food on the table, what have you, school clothes. Um, for the kiddos, dog food, you still got to be able to do those things um, when people, for whatever the reasons are, whether it be, you know, life issues or maybe it's an integrity or character issue. I don't know uh, what the issue may be as to why somebody's not paying you, but you absolutely have to have at least six months of your living expenses um, saved up so that you can cover uh, famine and slow payments. But back to the assertiveness and the aggression part, you got to, and that's going to segue into number four, where it says working for yourself will force you to work on you, um, whether it's conflict resolution, assertiveness, aggressiveness, quirks, or etc. Um, because you will have to overcome yourself in order to be successful. Like the biggest hurdle in being a freelancer or an entrepreneur is not necessarily not necessarily like there is a factor of just not having a great business plan, a great business concept, uh, not filling a, a gap in the market. But the even bigger picture is I've seen people have wonderful ideas, but they can't get past themselves. Like for me, for example, I am I'm I'm totally introverted. And a lot of people, you know, this is the day and age where everybody is saying, hey, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. It's never anything I would like to brag about. And here's why, because just truly having that as a part of my makeup and my personality. I don't enjoy it. It's something that I have to work on daily. Um, being around people is draining. Being in front of the camera is draining. Um, being in a situation where there's more than one person involved as far as having a conversation is draining. Small talk is draining. Um, it's So it, it's taxing on me physically and emotionally to have to continue to insert myself in front of people. And when you're dealing with business, you're not just selling your product or your service, you're selling yourself. 
um, particularly in the day and age of social media with influencers and everyone um, wanting to feel like brands are tangible, you have to put yourself out there so that people can feel a certain sense of relationalness, <laughs> like that word, um, from you. And for me, it's hard. It's hard. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody likes to deal with rejection. In entrepreneurship and freelancing, you're rejected a lot. People will choose someone else over you. Um, they'll you'll come up with designs or you'll write content or something, and people will say, "I don't like that." And as an artist, you know what you create and you put out there typically comes from an inner place. So it's easy to take on somebody saying, "I don't like this," or "Let's change this." Um, to them saying, "I don't like you. I want to change you," and you can feel that way. I know that sounds really silly, but that's the reality when you are an artist and you're putting yourself out there for people to buy what you're putting out there. Um, so you, if you are one that doesn't like conflict, when you have invoice issues, when you have to confront a client because they haven't paid you because, you know, they're backing out of their contract or doing something that you guys, you know, agree that wouldn't happen, you have to be assertive or people will walk all over you. That is the reality in the unfortunate um, world in which we live in. So you will have to be assertive. You will have to speak up for yourself. You will have to get over yourself, get in front of the camera, put yourself out there, put your story out there. Some people will reject it, but you have to not take that personal as if they are rejecting you. You have to know that in Christ, you have already been accepted. You belong to him. Your identity is in him. Okay. That's the mistake people make. We put our identities in ourselves. Like, I'm a black woman, so my identity is in me being black. If your identity stops with, at the color of your skin or where your ancestors were born in, honey, you are missing out. My identity is rested up and is is in the hands of the eternal king of the universe. Like, that's the one thing that I would say that I can be the most proud of that is unchanging, that I know that my eternity is secure. I know that I am a, an heir with Christ, that I am a daughter of the most high God. My identity doesn't rely, doesn't lie in, in what I put on social media. My identity is not just in me being an artist. Those are gifts and talents that God has given me, but that is not who I am. So, Knowing that gives me a resolve where when I reach out to people to build relationship, if I'm trying to connect with someone, um, if I submit a proposal or a pitch or submit my product somewhere and I get the big fat no or if, if you know, a sale fails or I get unsubscribes or people get online and they talk bad about me. because All those things have happened that I don't take that stuff personal as if they're rejecting me because guess what? You can't reject me because I've already been accepted by Christ. So your rejection and your denial means nothing in comparison because I've been accepted by the most high God who sits above the earth on the throne of victory on the throne of judgment, on the throne of grace. Once you know and you have that resolve in you that that is who you belong to, that that is where your identity rests, that he tells you who you are, nobody can take that from you. So you absolutely have to work on yourself um, when, when you are in freelancing because you are not just selling your product or service, you're selling you. And you have to be okay with all of the bumps and roll, all the hits that you'll take in life and on your business journey because your own personal issues, your own insecurities, your shortcomings will try to speak louder than any and everything else. Honey, they are loud and obnoxious and they just you just have to tell them the shush and you have to quote the word of God to tell them, you know, that they're lies. Otherwise, you'll end up agreeing with them and then you'll find yourself um, you know, those things will be filtering into your business. They'll bleed into how you handle customers, how you market yourself, whether you believe in it. 
you you have to believe in you because it affects how you market your products. If you don't believe in you, there'll be an uncertainty undertone to how you present yourself. So like when I was on, I started the YouTube game way before all these bloggers and vloggers came out. I started YouTube like in the mid to, I don't know, somewhere in the 2000s, 2007, 2000, something like that. And um, started vlogging and I still have those videos up, but they're just hidden because y'all don't need to see that flim flam it's horrible but like when I watched the first video that I did I was like hi I'm Tasha um you know this is my natural hair and and I just sound so fearful so insecure so unsure that like now when I watch my videos I'm like hey girl hey girl you know it's Tasha founder CEO naturally smitten and what I had to basically do is you know I speak a lot in public um as far as going to different events speaking at my church um or what have you and I'm terrified every time I get up but when I finish with you know whatever um you know message or sermon or what have you, I get a lot of people that come up to me and they compliment me on my ability to speak. They know I'm an introvert, but I become extremely extroverted when I speak. But it has nothing to do with um, me just being totally like, oh yeah, girl, I'm just good at that. I know I can speak. I Nothing to do with that. I am super fearful every time. It never gets any easier. The knots in your stomach are still there. You still get the, the bubbles in the stomach, the sweaty palms, sweaty underarms, the hot flashes. All that stuff still comes, the fear of screwing up and looking silly. But you know what I tell myself every time I get up there? Like, look, all right, okay, there's always a possibility that you're going to flop. But, I mean, let's go and get this done quickly and not be laboring belong and drag this time out. So it's like it's just a pep talk I have to give myself every time. And I have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I invite you in. I decrease God so that you can get the glory. I pray, God, that I would be a conduit to be used by you, that you would get the glory out of everything I say and out of everything I do, um, and that you would open my eyes, that I would be able to see areas of improvement, improvement just to be able to invite the Holy Spirit into that. It helps me to overcompensate. It helps me to compensate for those areas that um, I lack and that I'm just not good or strong in. And maybe I may not ever, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. And he is the one that helps us to tap into the power of God that we can't do on our own because we can't do it on our own. We're in our flesh. We are these earthly beings um, and we really need the power of God. And in order to tap the power of God, you need God to be able to tap that um, so that He, you can be used by him and give him glory. So, like I said, number five is regardless. I'm sorry. Number four, <laughs> uh, working for yourself will force you. To have to grow up my screen, uh, it is just scrolling all over the place. Okay, working for yourself will force you to work on you. Conflict resolution, assertiveness, aggressive quirks, etc. That is the truth, anyhow. Number five, regardless of your trade, skill, or profession, you instantly become a salesman when you are your own boss. Don't ever, ever, ever say, I'm, I don't want to do sales. I'm not good at sales. Those when you say those things, you are immediately making declarations over yourself. You are telling your mind what you can't do what's not possible. And so man think if he is. So you have to know that like, I am a salesman, like I am. I am not just selling my business. 
I'm selling myself. So you can't just buy this product, buy this product, buy this service. This is what you need. You are selling yourself. People are more prone to buy from people that they feel like they can trust and people that they can relate to and connect with versus something that is just buy this service, buy this service, buy this service, buy this product, buy this product, buy this product. You will have to put your face out there. You will have to put your story out there. You will have to get out there where people can feel like they can touch you, hear you, see you, smell you hear from you they people want to connect with you and that's the one thing why that's why influencers are so big you want to know why influencers are so big let me give you this nugget for free influencers are big because not necessarily for small brands they definitely help small brands but largely in part influencers are big because large brands need them why do they need them because there's no face or story that's tied to the brand so they have to tap into an influencer that has built a rapport that has built respect that has built a following of people that trust them because people don't trust brands directly but they will trust a person that is tied to a brand or just a person in their story in their life that they perceive that they see online okay so that is why social media and influencers have blown up because brands at this point you know, in order to be successful, unless you can try to be like Amazon, be like Amazon, because they're just successful regardless. But even they've tapped into the influencer pool with allowing people to set up, um, you know, little uh, shops with products that are recommended, affiliate links or what have you. But everybody is tapping into this level of influencer because um, when you're able to sell yourself as far as putting yourself out there, showing a little bit of leg. Um, as far as your lifestyle, what you might be going through, what you like, what you dislike, that um, people are more apt and more prone to buy from you. So you become a salesman um, as far as and I don't mean like the tacky salesman that stalks you and follows you around that you have to, you know, block their number. You have to duck and dodge when they knock on your door. When you walk past their booth at the mall, you have to decline their call and, you know, block their email. Not that salesman. I mean the salesman that is able to do soft sales. And I might have to talk about that in another podcast where you're able to sell your product, not like buy this girl, buy this. But in selling, there's a way that you can frame what you're selling where the person will absolutely buy from you because they 100% believe that they need it. But that's the marketing tactic. Might might release that or not. I think that's something that you know, people typically sit down and consult with me and pay me for. So I don't know if I'm willing to uh, give that all the way for free. But if you are looking for that in your business, please feel free to email me at tasha.n.branham at gmail.com. And we can discuss how you can create soft sales and verbiage and marketing for your business to be able to connect with your target audience. Moving right along. Number six, girl, it is okay to be a pest because guess what? That's sometimes how you eat. So being a pest has everything to do with being assertive and aggressive, even if you're not aggressive, because I think aggressive is more so the negative side of being assertive, being assertive. Let me tell you, I am 100 percent assertive. If it's something I want, I'm going to go after it until I get a no, two no's, three no's or until I get what I want. Um, otherwise, things will just pass you by. So I hear on a level of assertiveness and that's something else that I also work with people about in how you hear. You have to hear assertively so that you can respond assertively. It's the way that you're able to pick out certain things that are said um, so that you can take those nuggets of information and move along. Um, But 
As far as being a pest, I am very assertive where if I meet somebody and I determine that they have something I don't have, then I'm like, okay, I want to build a relationship with you because you have something that I need. I'm assertive with that. If I want my product to be in a specific market, I'm going to reach out to them regardless to how ridiculous I sound or like out of my range or realm that sounds because guess what? I made it to Walmart and Sally Beauty Shelves with no money and no loans because God was, he provided and he met me uh, at the place of my need. And when you are assertive like that, you don't look at limitations. You don't look at barriers. You look at opportunities. So it's okay to be a pest. That's sometimes how you eat. Reaching out to people, connecting to people, submitting proposals, looking for opportunities to speak, looking for opportunities to present, looking for opportunities to serve, looking for opportunities to make money, looking for opportunities to create um, solutions to gaps in the market, you have to be a pest. You have to be one that is say, hey, can we meet? I want to meet for coffee. Let's get together. Let's talk. Let's, you know, let's build. Let's connect. Um, and I'm not saying be all over the place. I'm saying targeted pesting, okay? There's a way that you can pest in a target way. Pesting, I'm a coin that. There, pesting is good um, when you are targeted and you have a reason behind it and you know exactly what you are trying to do. You have a reason for trying to build a relationship. You're trying to learn and to glean. I am a 100% gleaner. I will never, ever, ever in life that I can think of be uh, in a time or place where I'm not continuously gleaning from one person or people. Now, everybody can't glean, unfortunately, because you've got some people that are know-it-alls and feel like they know everything, so they can't glean because they're too busy talking and not listening. Then you've got other people that can't glean because they take everything everybody says and they're applying it, and then it's like they don't know how to filter the good from the bad and from the stuff that you don't need. There's an art to gleaning um, because there are certain things that people are going to say to you and try to give you and present to you as gospel of truth that's just not real, or maybe it's real but not real for you so you have to definitely learn how to hear on those levels but it's okay to be a pest to go after what you want go after who you want as far as building relationships and creating opportunities and establishing connections it's okay you have to be assertive the last thing is get cozy with being uncozy because let me tell you every event that I go to my heart's desire is to go stand up against the wall and just be in my phone but you don't make connections that way in hoping that somebody might walk up to you you have to I just have learned to be cool with my awkwardness like look I don't know what to do with my hands right now so they're just gonna look like they're out of place but guess what I'm gonna sit up here and talk to you and connect with you get your business card and I'm gonna go right home and email you whether you email me back whether it ever works or not that's fine and I ain't saying go network and go to every networking event in the city because I think that that's just goofy like you have to be strategic like for example if you are um, in the creative um, field it's okay to go to networking events or events where other creatives gather where you can go and mingle amongst others that are like you um, but things that are uncomfortable for you and uncozy are the things that I challenge you to do because what that does is it stretches you and challenges you to grow so for example with a graphic design um, me as a graphic designer I'm always getting uncozy with like trying new things trying new fonts inviting the Holy Spirit in to really stretch my gift creatively because I know if I don't it'll get stagnant um, I know that if I don't challenge myself in writing as a writer I'll get stagnant I know if I don't challenge myself 
and creating uh, new products as far as stuff for hair, stuff for skin, candles, um, sewing clothes, or anything else that I'm into, then I will get stagnant. So I'm always putting myself in posi position where I'm always uncomfortable doing something new, stepping out. I was very uncomfortable um, when uh, I worked with my church and planned this missions trip over the summer. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I had never planned a missions trip before, but it's just like, well, look, if we're going to fail, we're going to get it done quick. You know, this is very uncomfortable for me taking, you know, these kids and a couple leaders to this foreign country. I don't know how this is going to plan out. This feels awkward, but I'm very uncomfortable. But I did it. And in that, there's so much growth when you stretch yourself outside of your personal cozy zone to do things that you wouldn't normally do. There is growth, all types of growth up in that. So I hope this podcast uh, was beneficial to you. I hope you learned a nugget or two or three or four or seven along the way. I missed y'all. I'm going to try to do more podcasts, but there's no guarantee. Cause sometimes the introvert in me wins and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't feel like uh, <laughs> I don't feel like recording anything or being in front of nobody's camera because I'm tired. Um, I just had a few minutes on this Friday morning before I got my day started. And I thought I would go ahead and mark this off my ever growing to do list. So thanks so much for listening. Be blessed. Uh, visit me on TashaBranham.com as far as looking back at my old blog posts and some of my other podcasts. Um, and if this blessed you, share it with a friend. Again, thanks so much. Bye, y'all.